Well, good evening, Faith family. Uh, so thankful to be able to gather here on this Friday evening as we remember Good Friday. And just kind of to give you a, a little bit of a heads up of what tonight is going to look like is that uh, the hope of tonight is, be a, is really to be a night of worship. Uh, it's to be a night of reflecting. It's to be a, an evening of remembering what Christ did for us. Um, it's going to be an evening. There's going to be music. There's going to be a lot of scripture. There's going to be times of prayer. And what our hope is, is as much as possible, is to walk through the events of Good Friday in, in real time. And these events really begin on Thursday. So we will begin in Thursday, on Thursday evening in just a few moments. Uh, but as we do, I'll say this, I'll open us in prayer. And uh, towards the beginning, we will be taking communion together. And so if you came in and may have missed the elements that are there, uh, we have those right out in the front foyer. Uh, and those are available for you. Uh, and so we'll be taking that uh, early on in the evening. And again, just thank you so much for being here and uh, thankful for this opportunity for us to gather and to remember what Christ has done for us. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, it is with humble hearts that we just come to you in this kind of a unique setting of worship. The Father, our focal point tonight is the cross. And to be reminded that it is through your love, your incredible love, God, that you endured great suffering shame, rebuke, pain. Your body was crushed and your blood was poured out. Satisfying the wrath of almighty God against sin, against our sin, making a way where we had no way, making way where we could have peace with you, where we could experience your grace and your forgiveness of our sin. And so Father, tonight as we gather, God, we gather, I pray with, with just focused hearts on you. It's a busy season. There's no lack of all kinds of things that need to be done and and everything we need to get done. But God, tonight, we just want to take these few moments tonight and stop and be still and remember. And so, Father, be honored. Be honored through this time. And we pray, God, that you would move in a mighty way in our hearts. God, we love you and we praise you. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
The time was Thursday evening. The events of Good Friday were really set in motion the night before on Thursday. Christ had been preparing his disciples all along for this hour to come. He said in Matthew 16, 21, that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. On the eve of his crucifixion, he had gathered his disciples together for a final meal in the upper room where they remembered the Passover. And Jesus is sharing this Passover meal with those he loved. And during the course of the night, he looked to Judas. And the Bible tells us in John 13, he said, what you are going to do, do it quickly. But it's here that Christ will institute what we call the Lord's Supper. That the fruit of the vine that they would have shared would no longer represent the blood of the Passover lamb. That for so many years they would have celebrated. But rather the blood would now symbolize or the fruit of the vine would now symbolize the shed blood of Jesus. The true Passover lamb, Jesus Christ the lamb that would be slain to deliver men from the rule and reign of our sin. The Lord's Supper is a reminder. It's a reminder of how our Lord Jesus was crucified for our sin and how his body was broken and his blood was poured out so that we could experience forgiveness and a right relationship with our heavenly father. And so at this time, if you have the Elements, I want to invite you to take the bread and to hold it in your hand. Christ commanded us as the church that until his coming, we would take communion together. And it was on that night that Christ took the bread. And in Luke twenty-two nineteen, 19, he says to his disciples, this is my body, which is given for you. And now I invite you to take the juice. This juice, the fruit of the vine, is symbolic of the shed blood of our Lord and Savior. That this cup poured out symbolizes the pouring out of Christ's blood on the cross for our sins. For without the shedding of his blood, there would be no forgiveness of sin. He says in Matthew 26, verse 27 and 28, that he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin.
with the betrayal of Judas, the betrayal was set in motion. Jesus and his true disciples would exit the upper room. They would walk through the streets of Jerusalem, down the side of the Temple Mount, across the Kidron Valley. This valley sits right below the Temple Mount and served as a drainage system canal to receive all of the blood from the lambs that were slain on Passover there at the time of the feast. No doubt that as Christ is making his way across the Kidron Valley to the Mount of Olives, that the banks would be stained with the blood of the lamb, that the smell in the air would be that of the blood of the slain lambs, understanding and knowing that soon his blood would be poured out as the ultimate Passover lamb. That on the Mount of Olives, there was this garden called the Garden of Gethsemane. The name literally means the place of crushing. And as the disciples struggled to stay awake and pray, Christ prayed intensely to the point of sweat drops falling to the ground from his body. He cried out, Luke twenty-two forty-two, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And while Jesus spoke to his disciples, urging them to pray, there came a crowd. Matthew describes it as a great multitude with clubs and swords. And the man called Judas was leading them. And with a kiss of betrayal, they seized Christ and led him away. And sometimes what we maybe don't initially realize is that there were ultimately six trials that Christ endured from his arrest to his crucifixion. Two of those happened under the cover of night, illegal trials. The Bible says in John 18 verse 12, that the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. First, they led him to Annas, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had advised the Jews that it would be expedient that one man should die for the people. Simon Peter followed Jesus and so did another disciple. And since that disciple was known to the high priest, he entered with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood outside of the door. And so the other disciple who was known to the high priest went out and spoke to the servant girl who kept watch at the door and brought Peter in. And the servant girl at the door said to Peter, you also are not one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. And now the servants and the officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold. And they were standing and warming themselves. And Peter also was with them standing and warming himself. High priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. And Jesus answered him, I've spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in the synagogues and in the temple where all the Jews come and go. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. They know what I said. And when he had said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand saying, is that how you answer the high priest? 
And Jesus answered him, If what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? And Annas then sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. The first trial, illegal under the watch of night to the second trial, the son-in-law of Annas, Mark 14, 53 says this, and they led Jesus to the high priest and all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes came together and Peter had followed him at a distance right into the courtyard of the high priest. And as he was sitting with the guards and warming himself at the fire, now the chief priest and the whole council were seeking testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but they found none. For many bore false witness against Jesus, but their testimony did not agree. Some stood up and bore false witness against him saying, we heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands. And in three days, I will build another not made with hands. Yet even about this, their testimony did not agree. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, have you no answer to make? What is this that these men testify against you? But he remained silent and made no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. And the high priest tore his garments and said, What further witnesses do we need? And you have heard his blasphemy what is your decision and they all condemned him as deserving death and some began to spit on him and cover his face and to strike him saying to him prophesy and the guards received him with blows and as peter was below in the courtyard one of the servant girls of the high priest came and seeing Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, You also were with the Nazarene, Jesus. But he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand what you mean. And he went out into the gateway and the rooster crowed. And the servant girl saw him and began again to say to the bystanders, This man was one of them. But again, he denied it. And after a little while, the bystanders again said to Peter, certainly you are one of them for you are a Galilean. But he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. And immediately the rooster crowed a second time. Luke's gospel verse 22 says that as the rooster crowed, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Their eyes connected. The word says, and Peter remembered how, what Jesus had said to him. And before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and he wept. Christ would spend the remaining hours in a holding cell awaiting his next trial, 
all of this happening before the break of day on Good Friday.
time was between 4 and 6 a.m. on Friday morning. At dawn on Friday in the Jerusalem temple, the first lamb of the morning sacrifice was led out to the altar. At dawn on Friday morning, the Jewish authorities hastily took Jesus to the residence of the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate. The Jewish Sanhedrin did not have the authority to carry out the death sentence they pronounced against Jesus. Only Rome had the power over life and death. Mark chapter 15, verse 1. And as soon as it was morning, the chief priest held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council, and they bound Jesus and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate. John 18, 28. Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning, and they themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled, but could eat of the Passover. The time was between 6 and 8 a.m. now on Friday morning. Over the next two hours, Christ would stand before the Roman governor, be sent over to Herod, and then back to Pilate where he would be sentenced and then finally crucified. John chapter 18 verse 29 through verse, uh, chapter 19 verse 16. Pilate went outside to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. The Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priest have delivered you over to me. What have you done? To which Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king, and for this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no fault in him. But you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. So, do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? And they cried out again, Not this man, but Barabbas! Now, Barabbas was a robber. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. 
the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no fault in him. So Jesus came out wearing that crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priest and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to that law, he ought to die because he has made himself out to be the Son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. From then on, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out, sat him down on the judgment seat at a place called the Stone Pavement, and in Aramaic, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation of the Passover, about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, Behold your king. They cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. The time was between 8 and 8.30 a.m. on Friday morning. The battered Christ, with the help of Simon of Cyrene, would carry his cross along that sorrowful way to the place of the skull, the place called Golgotha. Mark chapter 15, verse 20 through 22. When they had mocked him, they stripped him of the purple cloak and put his own clothes on him. And they led him out to crucify him. And they compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and of Rufus, to, to carry his cross. And they brought him to the place. The place called Golgotha, which means the place of a skull.
time was 9 a.m. Friday morning. Mark 15, 25 and John 19, 18 through 22. And it was the third hour when they crucified him. There they crucified him and with him two others, one on either side and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priests and the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but rather this man said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. The time was 9 a.m. to 9.30 on Friday. Luke 23, 32 through 34 and John 19, 23 through 24. Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic, but the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture which says, they divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things. The time was 9.30 to 11 a.m. Friday morning. Matthew 27, 36 through 43. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes and the elders mocked him saying, he saved others, he cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel, let him come down now from the cross and we will believe him. He trusts in God, let God deliver him now if he desires him, for he said, I am the son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. The time was 11 a.m. to noon, Friday. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him saying, Do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. This man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you, today 
you will be with me in paradise. Standing by the cross of Jesus was his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home.
time was noon to 3 p.m. Friday afternoon. A three-hour darkness descends upon the land. Mark 15, 33 says, And when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. The time was 3 p.m. Jesus dies. Mark 15, verses 34 through 39 says, And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, Behold, he is calling Elijah. And someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a reed, and gave it to him to drink, saying, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. Luke 23, verse 46 says, Then Jesus calling out with a loud voice and said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, truly, this man was the son of God. The Bible goes on to say in Luke 23, 48, that all the crowds that had assembled for the spectacle that when they saw what had taken place, they returned home beating their chest. And all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. And now there was a man named Joseph from the Jewish town of Arimathea. And he was a member of the council, a good and righteous man who had not consented to their decision and action. And he was looking for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. And then he took it down and he wrapped it in a linen shroud and he laid him in a tomb that was cut in stone. No one had ever been laid there. It was the day of preparation and the Sabbath was beginning. The women who had come with him from Galilee followed and saw the tomb and how his body was laid. And then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. And on the Sabbath, they rested according to the commandment. This is Good Friday. This is the day that was set in eternity past. That at his hour that he would come and he would live this perfect life, a life that we could never live and that he would be ultimately tried not once, not twice, not three times, not four times, not five times, but six times. Kangaroo court after kangaroo court crucified for the sins of man and that they took his broken body off of the cross and on and into a borrowed tomb. Interesting. Jesus borrows a donkey on Palm Sunday. 
He only needs it for a little while. He'll return it immediately. He doesn't need this tomb. It's a borrowed tomb. He only needs it for three days. And the Bible tells us, and I love Romans 5, 8, and I pray, whether you're in the room, you're listening in online, that it's in light of the cross that we hear Romans 5, 8 in a fresh way that says, but God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He made a way where there was no way. This is why Friday is so good. They placed his body in the tomb. The temple veil was torn, never again needing a mediator, but yet Christ is our high priest. He is our mediator. And so tonight we give him glory. And tonight we stop in the midst of all that we have going and we remember what he has done for us. And so may we be encouraged of God's incredible love, the fact that he absorbed and took the wrath of almighty God poured out on sin so that we could be set free. He is the ultimate Passover lamb, not like centuries the Jews had celebrated, celebrating bondage from Egypt, but rather the true Passover lamb that is slain for our sins so that we could be freed from the rule and reign and bondage of sin. This is the power that comes through King Jesus. And so I want us to pray. And I want us to pray in reflection of God's love toward you and towards every single person who has breathed the breath of life and every single person who will breathe the breath of life. If you ever wondered what love looked like, it looks like this. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to gather. God, it's, a, it's an evening that, that's set on the calendar that we, we take special time to focus on the cross. And Father, though we should walk daily with this reminder I thank you for it today. I thank you for it tonight. Thank you for the opportunity to be in a room with friends and family and to stop with all that's going on around us and to focus and to be reminded of your incredible love. And so as believers in the room, may we be reminded of why Good Friday is so good and Father, I pray that if there's anyone in this room or there's anyone listening online that doesn't have a relationship with you, that today, tonight, even in this moment, that they would acknowledge their sin, that they would acknowledge that their sin separates them from you, but God so loved the world that he gave for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting 
life. But God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died to pay the price so that we could be forgiven and so that we could have peace with God. And so if you're here and you've never began a relationship with King Jesus, that you would acknowledge your sin, acknowledge your need, change your mind about your sin and turn and have a change of direction, repent and place your faith and trust in King Jesus as Lord of your life. He was crucified. He was buried. But on the third day, he rose again. So, Father, we love you and we praise you. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Church, I want to invite you to stand with me. And our amen tonight is going to be the doxology. And so, uh, I want to thank you all for coming. I want to thank you for the blessing to remember together. And uh, may we walk out of here a grateful people for all Christ has done for us. Let's sing together.